It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. Live from our nation's capital. This budget thing is going to do nothing. Space Force, I still think it's interesting. President Trump not playing his cards yet. Headlines, policy, and politics colliding. Sound on with Kevin Cirilli. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. I would rather see a congressional solution. It's part of my DNA. The Senate map in 2020 looks a lot different than it looked in 2018. You really have a divide within Team Trump. The president has to do exactly what people sent him here to do, which is to get it done. This is Sound On. With Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 HD2 Baltimore. Well, folks, we're in day two. Day two of the saga between President Trump and the, the squad. The squad, as they call themselves. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilan Omar, and they are taking it to President Trump. And literally, as we speak, the House is nearing a contentious vote. Tonight, to condemn comments from President Donald Trump that many have criticized as racist, racist, and beyond that, and this is really where the story is going, some Democrats are even going so far as to say that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi isn't punching back hard enough, hard enough. President Trump, for his part, defending, he's saying the tweets are not racist, I don't have a racist bone in my body. The so-called vote to be taken is a Democrat con game. That's according to the president's tweet. Speaking of cons, that's exactly what some Democrats on the Senate Banking Committee are saying Facebook's Libra is. Delusional is how Senator Sherrod Brown puts it. I was up on Capitol Hill all day today in the middle of it all. As the storm brewing between President Trump and the Democratic freshman members continue to intensify and as question marks, question marks, befuddlement, confusion, still confusion about cryptocurrency and what it all means for U.S. consumers and the regulatory structure that not just big tech is facing, but also investors. I'm going to bring you some exclusive comments from the chairman of the banking committee, Mike Crapo, the top Democrat on the committee, Sherrod Brown, and we're going to dive into all of this uh, as we're in the big tech week, really, with an all-star panel. Colin Reed's here. He's a Republican strategist and managing director at Definers Public Affairs. And get this, he's the former campaign manager for New Hampshire Senate campaign of Scott Brown. 14. Remember Scott Brown challenged Elizabeth Warren. So Colin Reed notes the, the Warren playbook. And Louis Miranda is back. He's the former DNC communications director. He's with us here. He'll be a few minutes late, but he's coming. He's on his way to the studio, I am told. So all of the politics, all of the policy, plus Peter Thiel's talking big tech. The vote is happening tonight, Tuesday night. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said she wanted a vote. She's going to get that vote, and it's going to be contentious. Democrats, led, of course, by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, are voting tonight to condemn comments from President Donald Trump that... Some have criticized as racist. Some have said are divisive. 
are setting back the political discourse in our country as it relates to four, four freshman congressmen. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilan Omar, Ayanna Presley, and Rashida Tlaib, all are U.S., all of whom, except with the exception of Omar, born in the United States. But over the weekend, President Trump saying that if they don't like what's going on in the United States, they should go back to where they come from. That has sparked criticism. Republicans today up on Capitol Hill in the past 24 hours, uncomfortable with the rhetoric, distancing themselves trying to, some of them, others defending the president, Anthony Scaramucci. Anthony Scaramucci, remember him? He was uh, Skybridge Capital. Anthony Scaramucci. He tweeted this out. I thought this was interesting uh, because he says that it was racist. He says that, that the president, quote, would real Donald Trump ever tell a white immigrant whether first, second, third, or fourth generation to go back to your country? No. That's why the comments were racist and unacceptable. America is a nation of immigrants founded on the ideals of free thought and free speech. Colin Reed is a Republican strategist, managing director at Definers Public Affairs. Louis Miranda, former DNC communications director, a uh, communications guru in Washington, D.C. Colin were the, was the racist. Oh, I think his comments had a tinge of racial um, offensiveness to them. I'm not going to tinge. Ju- well, yeah, but I'm not going to judge what's in a person's heart. Um, but I do think, you know, Tim Scott, Senator Scott said they were racially offensive. Uh, Britt Hume said they were nativist, xenophobic, counterfactual, and politically stupid. And, you know, we can sit here and analyze the comments as we've been doing the, for the last two days, or we can kind of look ahead and see where these things go from here. Um, and I do think that the temperatures are running pretty hot on both sides. And I think the longer-term takeaway from this, every Trump storm eventually runs out of rain. Uh, we've seen it time and time again. And where we go from here is up to be is, – is up to – we'll see. But, you know, I think this was a big lifeline for Nancy Pelosi, uh, who was on the ropes all weekend until the president bailed her out with his comments. And she's going to – she's now uh, found a, a point of unification with her party – who I still would say are not, in the, at least in the House, these four members are no fans of Nancy Pelosi. And the net result is these four have been elevated in a big way on the national stage. And once we get through this brouhaha, uh, we'll kind of be back to where we were. It's just square a mess. One. The whole thing's a mess. Take a listen to President Trump yesterday on what, during his public remarks. I mean, I don't even know. Take a listen to what President Trump said yesterday. Here it is. It's up to go wherever they want or they can stay. But they should love our country. They shouldn't hate our country. That was uh, uh, President Trump defending his controversial tweets concerning the squad, as they're called. Congresswoman Ilan Omar, a Democrat from Minnesota, she spoke yesterday as well. Take a listen to Congresswoman Omar. This is the agenda of white nationalists. Whether it is happening in chat rooms or it's happening on national TV, and now it's reached the White House Garden. So, Louis Miranda, you have Congresswoman Omar saying that the president is running an agenda of white nationalism, calling for impeachment. She says that this, late, this latest round of rhetoric opens up a new lane into impeachment. I, I, does it? I think so. I think that uh, the, the lane for impeachment was there already. So the, 
the, that's long since been crossed, and I think Nancy Pelosi has erred in being overly cautious on that front. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that it's clear that these were racist comments. Um, I think it's absolutely true that he would not have said this if somebody white, even his own family, his own grandfather was an immigrant, so uh, he, he would not have said that to him. Um, because it really is about sparking racial divisiveness. So it's not so much that he's just racist, but that he's purposely doing what the Russians did to us in 2016, which is trying to exploit racial divisions for the purpose of political gain. And that's arguably even more vile than just being outright racist. But uh, between what was in the 484 pages of the Mueller report, um, the, the allegations of rape, uh, the constant use of his office, uh, to denigrate and insult individuals and to uh, advance a white nationalist agenda, I think that the House Democrats have more than enough to begin at least an impeachment inquiry, and it has been an abdication of their power to do so. I'm glad they're taking this vote tonight, but uh, they can do more. We heard from President Trump. That was comments I want to clarify. He made those comments today. I mean, it's hard to keep track. I mean, he's been talking about this now for like on Twitter, Monday, Tuesday. I mean, he, he's been it going. Uh, and literally, as we speak, if you're joining us, uh, the, pre- the, the Speaker Nancy Pelosi holding uh, a vote on Tuesday night to condemn comments from, pre- from the president. Uh, and we're going to take you that vote as it happens. We're going to give you the latest as that happens. But I don't even really know. I mean, it's not impeachment that they're voting on, Lewis. No, it's, it's not. not a censure. Is it? I mean, so what? It, what? It, what are they? They're just, it's a condemnation. I mean, I, haven't I mean, they all condemned it? Why? <laughs> so I mean, the Democrats who are out there saying Speaker Pelosi isn't doing enough. What exactly are they even voting on? I, I think, frankly, this is a an example for them that they're trying to show that. They have control of the House and they can do something with it. But, but what are I, but they I think, voting again, on? I don't, I don't think it's enough. I, I agree that I don't think it's enough. What would be enough? Uh, I think they need to start an impeachment inquiry. And, and at the same time, you're getting exactly what Donald Trump wanted, which is that there was a clear division between Nancy Pelosi and the squad. Uh, over the past week, she had made it clear that these four members did not represent all of the incoming freshmen, that this is a broad and diverse caucus. And what you've been able to do, and Donald Trump tweeted as much, Uh, is now have all of the Democrats coming out and standing with the squad, which sends the false message that we all stand on the same side uh, with them on every issue. And so we can all stand against Donald Trump's racism, but I think he's been very effective at turning this into an opportunity. Uh, And there was a great analysis. uh, I think it was Jonathan Allen uh, who wrote a great analysis today about how Donald Trump is getting exactly what he wanted because he's now turned this about Democrats all being on the same side as the squad. And I think that ultimately that has negative repercussions for Democrats for November. All right. Coming up, we're going to have to we're going to talk a little bit more about this. I mean, if, if that wasn't enough for you, Speaker Pelosi in the middle of playing political principle, I guess, with this whole the squad, the White House. I mean, it's you got all that going on. And then in addition, she had a phone call with Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin. Let's not forget about the debt ceiling. Let's not forget about these policy fights that are going on. Let's not forget about emerging technologies like cryptocurrency. And I'm going to bring in the latest on cryptocurrency because Facebook, Facebook kicked off two days of testimony this week before the Senate Banking Committee on Facebook Libra, their new digital currency. And folks, if you think it's confusing, where do you hear about the regulatory questions that big tech, big banks and politicians have as they try to sort this all out. You can download the Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find me on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Radio.com. I'm Kevin Cirilli, and you're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. 
This is Sound and Smoke on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. I was up on Capitol Hill today in the Senate Hart Building. Actually, technically speaking, for those familiar with the lay of the land up on Capitol Hill, I was actually in a Dirksen hallway in the backside of the Senate Hart Building because this is where the Senate Banking Committee hearing room was convening today. Typically, it's in person, but they switched it because there was so much attention because Facebook came to town, folks. Facebook, big tech. We're talking all things big tech today, tomorrow. They're testifying before Congress. There was an antitrust subcommittee hearing. Cicilline was in town tomorrow. More Facebook on the House side. But today, it kick-started. Chairman of the Banking Committee, Mike Crapo, Republican, about... It's calling to testify David Marcus. David Marcus is the top executive at Facebook, okay? And he over one of the top executives at Facebook who oversees their new digital currency, Libra. If you're confused about digital currency, it, I understand it. You know, I mean, this is new technology. And quite frankly, a lot of the lawmakers I talked with up on Capitol Hill today, well, they don't know how to regulate big tech. They say they want... There's, they want to regulate big tech. They want to regulate blockchain, cryptocurrency, digital currencies, this new emerging technology, but they don't know how. I'm not sure they really understand what it is that's going on because Facebook Libra hasn't even launched yet. And if to make matters even more complex, they've actually headquartered themselves in Geneva. Sher Brown, he's the top Democrat on the uh, Senate Banking Committee, he called it a, a, a Swiss savings account. I mean, this he completely annihilated, ripped to shreds Facebook. So Facebook's launching Libra once – they say they're going to launch once they feel they have appeased the concerns of what regulators. And they're also launching Calibra. Calibra is their digital wallet, and Libra is the currency in the wallet. Here is what David Marcus, the top executive at Facebook, overseeing all of this. He used to head PayPal. Here's what he testified today up on uh, before the Senate Banking Committee about why they even made this. Take a listen. The reason we designed Libra in such a way that Facebook will only be one among 100 different members of the Libra Association and will have no special privilege uh, means that you will not have to trust Facebook. I don't – so he's saying that they're creating a digital currency so they don't have to trust the company that owns the currency, if I'm understanding correctly. Colin Reed is a Republican strategist. Louis Miranda is the former DNC communications director. Colin, am I understanding it correctly? Is that what he just said, that you don't have to trust Facebook but to, to use their money? I mean would you trust a bank to do business with a bank? I think one of the things that unites Republicans and Democrats in this town is their lack of trust toward Facebook, um, and that maybe uh, that that's universal. But I do think, look, one of the criticisms of this of this new cryptocurrency uh, toward Facebook is that they are moving too fast. I think that's the point that uh, Jay Powell has made. But they are they have more. They said their timeline is next year. And I also think it's worth keeping in mind that crypto is not new. Bitcoin's been around for some time. It actually dropped 11% today after the hearing today. And I think that 
when you probably put, because they were watching this thing going, I don't even. I mean, there's so many, there's more questions after the hearing than there are before it. Yeah, and but crypto used to be seen as kind of this outlier. Then you attach a somewhat controversial name like Facebook toward it, it's going to bring a lot of attention to it. But um, it's not like this is a brand new thing. It's just Facebook. The biggest question I get, Louis Miranda, is what the heck is Libra? What the heck is Bitcoin? What the heck is blockchain? And essentially, the the short answer, the tweetable answer, the tweeter. <laughs> is that it really is just another type of trading mechanism to make money. The question mark is whether or not it will become something that people actually pay pay for goods and services for, whether or not you'll go buy a cup of coffee or you'll go, I don't know, you'll, you'll subscribe to something like a, like a, a subscription service like a Netflix or whatnot and actually pay for it. That's what Facebook and David Marcus are saying is going to happen. That's what the crypto world, the blockchain world, that's what they say is eventually going to happen. But right now, it's just something that they're trading off of. Well, some people are trading off of it, but the, the long-term and, and bigger potential of cryptocurrency is to just, uh, one, take your money, and two, ensure that you can make transactions across borders more easily. Right now, it can take uh, a long time, a few days, and a lot of money to send money uh, across uh, borders when, in theory, it should take seconds, just as if you were Venmoing somebody um, within the United States, and that's a, as just one example. And and the sad thing about this is that crypto is moving forward no matter what. And so when Congress gets distracted by the name Facebook and doesn't focus on the bigger issue that this is a emerging and growing uh, technological sector that is going to reshape. Uh, international finance, they're missing the point. You know who agrees with you? You ready for this? Look what I just Back did. To me. <laughs> Lewis, no, Mike Crapo. You're the chairman of the Senate Banking Committee, Republican, agrees with the former comms director for the DNC. Can't make it up. Take a listen to Mike Crapo. I asked him about all of this. Take a listen to him. There's also, uh, I think, a pretty strong case that is made that this new cryptocurrency type of technology innovation, uh, whether it is uh, the Libra proposal or some other proposal that's going to come forward, is something that we need to deal with and understand. He's saying essentially the technology's here. Get used to it. Republicans, Democrats, the innovation has already happened. Come together to, to regulate. <laughs> If, if Congress I, doesn't step in here and get uh, in with the program, then the United States loses a chance to be in a leadership role. And I think entry into this should be a chance to see this as an opportunity for the U.S. I do. We got uh, coming up. We're going to hear from Congressman uh, from we're going to check in more about all of this. But I do quickly want to play Senator Sherrod Brown, because you mentioned about and a lot of folks have made this point to me in reporting on this over the past week for these hearings in preparation for these hearings that the U.S. misses out on innovation from international regulators. But there's also concern that these digital currencies and these tech companies, these big tech companies would be, I can't believe I'm about to say this, too big to fail. And that the concerns about, you know, over and overpriced shareholders, some of these stocks, and now they're dabbling in financial services. I put that question directly to Senator Sherrod Brown, the Democratic Senate Banking Committee, right after the hearing uh, about if, if folks should trust Libra, take a listen to him. Americans absolutely uh, distrust, and frankly, that distrust, that mistrust is earned, or distrust is earned from all about Wall Street. I mean, clearly Americans don't, don't trust Wall Street. They now are putting big tech and big banks in the same category because they've seen the betrayal and the undermining our democratic values in Facebook and in other big tech companies. That was Senator Sherrod Brown, the Democrat from Ohio, and I'm just going to leave you with this. 
the chairman of the banking committee, the last question I asked him, I said, would you use Facebook, Libra? You know what he said to me? And he said, I don't even use Facebook. Coming up, more conversations on politics and policy. We're going to talk all things about the fallout, the fight tonight on Capitol Hill with Speaker Pelosi and the squad. Download the Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kev Cirilli, and you're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You're listening to Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television Radio. And tonight on Capitol Hill, we are carefully monitoring a situation that has really engulfed the, the country. It's captured the attention of the nation as a vote to criticize President Donald Trump for his tweets about four Democratic House members. It's in partisan gridlock, this according to NBC News. And joining us on the line, really in the middle of it, I believe he's on the House floor or just off of the House floor where all of this is going on, is a friend of the program, Congressman Denver Riggleman, a Republican. And Congressman, all right, so where are you exactly right now? And what is kind of follow what's going on? But essentially, Republicans are saying Speaker Pelosi doesn't have the right to bring this to a vote because it's against the rules of the House of Representatives to say that any president is racist. Am I getting this right? That is correct. That was their House rules. Uh, When they broke their own House rules, the parliamentarian ruled in favor. Um, Really, Doug Collins did an incredible job. but ruled in favor that she had broken the House rules. So at that point, uh, the gavel was given and then given up because, and I can't remember if it was Cleaver. I'm trying to remember who it was. Exactly. I just came off the floor. I'm in a phone booth in the cloakroom. No, so, uh, so, yeah, so they, uh, you know, so the thing is it was procedural. And they just voted, um, even though the parliamentarian ruled that uh, Nancy Burr just voted not to strike her words even throughout the ruling and then voted to proceed in order. So this it really is... is about protecting the integrity of the House, and they just didn't. And I, I think I think this is the point where that we're at right now. We we look at the charges of racism. You look at the charges, this 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 hyperbole. You know, Nancy Pelosi was a racist last week. Uh, Donald Trump's a racist this week. We just it, it just seems like you know somebody else you know has has taken over you know, the asylum over here. And it's, it's pretty interesting to watch as somebody who's been for about seven months. It's got to be fresh. I mean, I, to be candid, I, I, I don't even know where to, 
I got to take a breath because, uh, you know, respectfully, I think folks driving home from work tonight who are turning on the news and turning on Bloomberg Radio, they're trying to keep up with all of this. And and, and there's I just there's the debt limit. There's these horrific conditions at the these detention centers. There's so many issues. Cryptocurrency. I know you guys have a hearing in the House tomorrow on that. I was in the Senate covering that today. And all that is getting the attention is, you know, a vote. I don't even I, I mean, this vote on on President Trump and the back and forth with the squad and the division of the squad and Speaker Pelosi. And now where do you think stand? I mean, you're literally there. Are, are there is what what is what is the next step? Like literally what is happening in the next 20 minutes? <laughs> well, we still have votes called tonight. And, you know, everybody here has had meetings. You know, we've been through committee markup on financial services, you know, there's so many things going on, not only with uh, CFPB, but with RTB, real-time payments. As you know, uh, our, our issue with Libra and Calibro tomorrow, which I, I think I'm going to have, you know, it, it was interesting to, you know, to look at the Senate hearing today. As you know, Kevin, um, we study all the questions and the answers from the Senate hearings. Uh, we've been, our staff is doing that. We're trying so to get our arms around what did you make of that all... hearing? Let's go there. What did you make of that <laughs> hearing? What is your big takeaway, and what are you going to be looking for tomorrow? Well, I think I was a bit surprised um, at the vitriol, um, and I think I was a bit surprised because I know that even though there are many things we have to ask about and the questions we need to have answered, you know, we don't want to be a Congress that actually stifles innovation before we get all the answers, Kevin. And But that's how, maybe it's because I haven't been in politics long, and I am a CEO and business owner. Now, the flip side of it is uh, I will tell you with my experience in data aggregation analysis, uh, and also in sort of data science as far as building holistic network ecosystems. I have some pretty cool questions I think I can ask about it, but seeing the Senate hearing, it looks like they don't have those answers. The flip side of that is I think somebody was at Senator Kennedy said that if you think it was, it was bad today, wait till tomorrow with the House Democrats, right? <laughs> I think. Oh, you uh, said right, it think, on think, me. <laughs> right? So, uh, yeah, just wait for that. And I think what you're going to see is, listen, all of us are skeptical based on some of the things that we've read and also with, with sort of the dearth of information in the white paper and a bit on my knowledge of, of what we can do as far as on the data side. Um, but I, I, I just, I'm just having a tough time here why we all, you know, Facebook's had some issues. We probably shouldn't jump to destroy innovation before we know all of it. It's okay to be practical and get the facts without being, I think, hostile. But I do get it. But uh, I think what you're going to see from some of the members like myself our questions more on the practical side because I think should probably be trying to be practical, trying to encourage innovation, but also protecting the consumer, protecting data, right, and protecting the rights of those who use this. And yes, am I skeptical? Yes, because of the of the data issues that I see and some of the other issues, but I think we can actually do this in a way that isn't hyperbolic, right, okay. And I the, think that's what I hope to do. The question, Congressman Denver Riggleman, Republican from Virginia, joining us from inside of the House of Representatives, where he is in a phone booth just off of the House floor, where he has been so gracious with his time to, to check in with us ahead of tomorrow. Facebook Libra hearing, day two, a Facebook Libra hearing before the House Financial <laughs> Services Committee. The question that I get, and, and I'm, true, I'm not even trying to be comical, uh, what I the question that I get time and time again audience is what is Facebook Libra? How would it even be applicable? So let's I, I, I got to ask this rudimentary question: What is Facebook Libra and the Calibra, which is the wallet for the Libra, and how are folks going to use it? So what it is, and, and uh, once you read the white paper, I, I actually had to do a diagram on the whiteboard 
Uh, and I know, Kevin, that probably, because, you know, that's what I did when I was a CEO, right, of, yep. of a company that worked with technology. I think you can look at Libra probably is not a true cryptocurrency because a lot of that comes with decentralization, right, and a finite sort of number of those tokens. Uh, this is the best word I can come up with. It is almost a secure digital asset, maybe almost an ETF, maybe um, because what it does is they have a token that rides on a basket of currencies or a basket of securities, um, and that Libra token is actually based to some type of valuation. And so what you have now is using Libra as a methodology for bank or for money transfers. So now you're looking at, no kidding, a real-time payment system um, based on a token uh, that's hooked to a basket of securities or secure assets, and then that can be used for real-time payments, really, across a network, a social network, or a Calibra wallet. I can't say Facebook, a Calibra wallet. Facebook is a Libra is a, is a Swiss company. But um, So you can actually transfer monies based on that currency. And, and, and the questions are, what is it? Is it actually currency? Um, is there going to be a 1099B associated with this? Are you talking about capital gains? You know, what exactly is it? And I think that's what I'm, when I'm talking about this. you got to remember, we're going off a white paper and we're going exactly. off what Exactly. That's today. all they've given us. And, I, I, you know, it, it, it's, you know, my thing is, look, and I'm going to level with you. I've studied this thing every which way, every side. I get to the of interviewing lawmakers on both sides of the aisle on this to try to understand it. And I'll be candid. I mean, I've been covering this stuff for like eight years. The light bulb's flickering it's above my head, but I don't think there's been that aha moment for politicians and, quite frankly, for consumers about what exactly this is. I think most consumers, based upon my reporting, view this as an investment right now, and they don't see how it's applicable. And that has caused a lot of confusion. And that's the final question that I have for you. And thank you so much, Congressman, for calling in. But when people are looking at this... And people are looking at tech and Republicans, you know, this have raised concerns about these big tech companies on freedom of speech. Democrats have raised concerns about a host of different issues for big tech companies. I remember the 2008 financial collapse and I remember the disdain for big banks in particular on both sides of the aisle. It birthed the Tea Party movement. And it and the the remnants of which, you know, I, I think are really playing out in the crowded Democratic presidential field, to be blunt. You look at some now big tech is going to be dabbling in financial services. Are you worried, concerned at all that this type of program or this type of financial services offering might become too big to fail? Yes, that is the and Kevin, that is some of those lines of questioning. Um, exactly what do they become? Now you don't have a big bank, but you have big tech participating in financial transactions that if you accumulate those transactions, you know are the hundreds of billions of dollars. Maybe, and, and you know, and I, and I find it amazing to say this, but a, a big tech company that could be transferring trillions of dollars in the future um, using a currency that we quite don't know how it's attached to the liquid assets underneath. And that's, I think we have to be worried about that. There are privacy concerns. You know, uh, really, there's a, every other crypto on the planet. Uh, Facebook is a data company that actively tracks billions of people in their online activities. And if they arbitrarily ban and block thoughts like this, can they arbitrarily, right, can they arbitrarily ban companies for businesses that they might not agree with? Now you have big tech getting into arbitrary decision-making, possibly in the financial sector, based on past history. And I've got to tell you, being an intelligence officer and seeing what's been done in the past, 
That's the concern. Do you have big tech controlling what people can even spend on based on some kind of platform that, that, they, that we might or might not agree with, social platform or companies they might not agree with? All right, Congressman Denver Riggleman, Republican from Virginia, calling us from uh, just outside of the And you and I have something in common, my friend. I was at a wedding over the weekend, too. My sister got married, uh, and I'm reading this headline from the, uh, from the Washington Post, and it says, Conservative GOP congressman presides at a same-sex wedding in Virginia. Uh, good for you. Good for you, it's Congressman. Been- It's been an interesting day, Kevin. I tell you, for me, it was, listen, freedom is freedom. And uh, I think all of us need to realize that all laws equally apply. And these are two incredible people who really love each other, who helped in my campaign, Um, really strong conservatives, uh, just amazing human beings. But it was so apolitical. I've been surprised at some of the reactions today on the negative side, but very pleasantly surprised at the positive reaction. So it's been been one of the tougher days for me just um you know trying to navigate that when i thought this was really not a big deal it isn't congressman denver riggleman it it, it, it one day it won't be either a republican from virginia thanks for calling in coming up much more politics and policy reaction from an all-star panel i'm kevin cerilli you're listening to bloomberg 99.1 This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. I'm Kevin Cirilli. Colin Reed's with me, Republican strategist Louis Miranda, Democratic strategist, former DNC communications director. Colin and Louis, I mean, it's really been a jam-packed day. We're following two big stories. The first is Facebook Libra. Louis, I was watching you listen to my interview with Congressman Denver Riggleman, uh, who is going? He was a member of the Financial Services Committee, where David Marcus, the head of Facebook's Libra's digital currency arm, will testify tomorrow. He was in the Senate today, and, and you and I were talking in the break about about your thoughts. So catch us up to speed. Uh, yeah, I think uh, this is much more complicated than simply the privacy issues Facebook has had. This could be an investment vehicle. It could be a much easier way for people to pay for things, whether it's low cross borders, which. Uh, takes too long and costs too much money right now. And um, I, I think Congress hasn't quite focused on the right issues in, in both today and, and possibly. But, um, you know, there, there's a significant change that's coming, and we need to be at the head of it. I don't think they know what issues to focus on. I don't think they do. I think there's, they're, they're too worried about what big tech means and that they don't understand it instead of understanding that uh, Staffers, staffers, get the research books out. Staffers, staffers. Uh, Colin, I mean, the other big story tonight is – is, is the condemnation vote that Speaker Pelosi wants to, to have, and, and we've been following this uh, literally as it's been happening in real time, which is essentially Republicans said she violated a rule because there's a rule according to parla- the parliament, Terry, lords that be, powers that be, uh, that you can't call a sitting president racist, and that's what she wants to have a vote on, and now they can't even do that. And then you've got squad, the four freshman members, the AOC members, that the president went after, saying that the speaker isn't going enough. And if that isn't enough, take a listen to what Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said when he weighed in on this. Here's the Senate Majority Leader. Well, the president's not a racist. The president's not a racist. And I think the tone of all of this is not good for the country. But it's coming from all different ideological points of view. That's the point. Colin, this is this is just I don't even can anything in in American politics can it get back on track? 
It's going to be tough the next year because everything that happened, the fact that there's a oh. 2020 race going on, which just adds jet fuel to the fire. But <sighs> as it relates to what's happening on the floor right now, it seems uh, somewhat chaotic. <clears throat> and there's an old saying from Napoleon, which is don't interrupt your opponent when they're making a mistake. And it seems like that's why it just might have happened with Nancy Pelosi, because she was bailed out by Trump's comments over the weekend. And now it seems like she might be put back on her defensive after having a couple of days. All right. This is a 1984 rule, though. They can change it. Oh, I, I mean, I, and you know what? We're going to be talking about it. That's it for me. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Liz. Thank Thanks, you Kevin. to Congressman Denver Riggleman. Tomorrow, more fallout and coverage of cryptocurrency, digital currency, and Facebook Libra. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to 99.1. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.